Well, hey, it is great to be back with the ARC family again and the ARC conference and all that God has already done and all that he's going to continue to do in our hearts and to inspire us, to encourage us, to equip us, to invest into our hearts so that we can be better leaders and pastors for the kingdom of God. So excited to to share with you guys for a few moments and talk about leadership pipeline, how critical it is for us to have thriving churches. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. And I'm going to try my best uh, to be as brief as possible. That's probably still going to be 30 minutes, right? You know what I'm saying? But, <laughs> but so, so I'm just warning you, that's brief, right? But, but I want to really give some time for Q&A. So if I get in the middle of my notes and I'm rushing, it's because I'm, I'm wanting to drop the nuggets on you that if you have questions about something, we'll have some time for Q&A. Uh, at the end. Just a little bit about People's Church. I think context always helps. We started our church. It'll be 17 years old in May. So I can admit that we're that old and I'm still there. You know what I'm saying? So like a, like a veteran church planter now. So we've got uh, four locations there in, in, the, in Oklahoma City area. And then we've got a location in Indianapolis as well. And so we're just excited about all that the Lord is doing. And after 17 years, our best days are still ahead of us. So if you got a young church, we're still growing, budget's still increasing, lives are still being changed. We're still baptizing people like crazy. And people, so, so I'm just, if you're a young church, your best days are ahead of you. You can keep on going and growing, but leadership pipeline's real critical. So I want to talk to you about that for a few moments. Let me tell you what really led me to leadership pipeline. I, I would be, to be honest, I wish I understood this when I started our church. So I was a full-time evangelist before uh, starting People's Church. I had never been on staff at a church before, never been a youth pastor or a kids pastor or an associate pastor. Lord knows I wasn't a worship pastor because if you hear me sing, you would know what I'm talking about. But I had just never been on staff. So I just had no idea the inner workings of a church. And so here we are going to go start a church at 26 and 24 years old. I was 26. My wife was 24. There was no ark back in those days. And so here we are starting a church, uh, no ministry background, no ministry experience besides traveling and speaking in church, started our church. And, and God bless, we started meeting in a movie theater. Uh, the church began to grow and, and went, went to actually a couple of locations, getting ready to start a third location. And we had a big implosion. Uh, one of our, our key leaders uh, had just life imploded and was high up on our staff. And uh, we had a just, it was a big fallout there uh, amongst the staff and uh, losing some key people and just trying to put the pieces back together again. And then we still launched a third location in the middle of all of this, and which was a leadership mistake, but don't have time to talk to you about. That's another obsession. <laughs> all right. So that's not this one. But what happened is I woke up and I realized I had some gifted people around me. But when I lost them, they were my system. When I, when I lost my, my key people, I had no bench. So here I am, and the church is growing and thriving, looking to launch a third location, and I had no bench. I had no, no depth, and it was painful. It stopped growth. It was, it, it was brutal season for our church. So 
what I would tell you today is the reason most churches have a leadership deficiency today is didn't build leaders yesterday. The reason most churches have a leadership deficiency today is because they didn't build leaders yesterday. And I want to just encourage you for the next few moments. And I I stole a few notes from my good friend, Mike Burnett, as well as I prepared this talk. And I just want to invest in you about a leadership pipeline. Matter of fact, several years ago when I heard this terminology, I didn't even know, I didn't know what it meant. And I think there might be some of you here today that you have an inkling, but you're not sure what in the world is a leadership pipeline anyways. And why is it even necessary? Well, I want to just begin by giving the reason for a pipeline, the, the reason for a pipeline. Let me write now. Number one is development clarity, development clarity. So, so a pipeline provides clarity for how a church builds its own leaders from the ground up. So the simple way that we say it at People's Church, a leadership pipeline is how you discover, develop, and deploy leaders. It's how you discover, develop, and deploy leaders so that you can build leaders from the ground up. Number two, let me give you a second reason for a a pipeline, and that is succession planning. Succession planning. Something that I think every church ought to be saying to your staff, to your your volunteer leaders is this. There is no success without a successor. There is no success without a successor. If you leave your ministry post, your ministry role, your full-time assignment, your, 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 your volunteer role, and that area falls apart, and you're thought, man, they just need me. I'm so awesome. You're not as awesome as you think you are. There really is no real success because I know you want to be successful after the Lord calls you home or you move or, or you promote it to another area of ministry. You want that ministry still to succeed. It's no long-term success without a successor. And so without a leadership pipeline, when a role is open on your staff, whether it be a staff volunteer role or a, a staff position on your team, and there's a role open and you have nobody into that vacant role, it's because you didn't have a leadership pipeline. Or when someone in a, in a key leadership role in your church goes on vacation and they're going to be gone for two and three weeks or they have a family emergency and they're going to be gone for three or four weeks. And now that ministry area is suffering. It's because there was no leadership pipeline. And what a leadership pipeline allows us to do instead of react, uh, reacting and just, just, just scrambling and being reactive to issues that we're seeing in leadership now we can be proactive and have leaders already built that can step in and the ministry can continue to go forward. Uh, a third line is ministry expansion. Ministry expansion. Ministry expansion becomes challenging and unhealthy without a leadership pipeline. Ministry expansion becomes challenging and unhealthy without a leadership pipeline. We're going to expand and go from one service to two services, but we don't have anybody trained up in the kids department. So now it's challenging. Now, it can get a bit unhealthy because you made the announcement 30 days before you're going to launch a service and didn't think about who's going to learn the kids area, right? Now it's unhealthy. Like we're having night meetings, five nights a week. We got to train some people, right? Because there's no leadership pipeline. So ministry expansion becomes difficult. We're not even talking about now we're launching another location, It becomes very, very challenging. If you're going to be able to respond to all the opportunities that God brings your way, you're going to always need more leaders than you need and more money than you need. 
The thing that will impede your growth, impede you from doing all that God has laid upon your heart is if you don't have more leaders than you need and more finances than you need. If you don't have the systems in place to create more leaders than you need, it will stifle your vision. Your problem won't be a vision problem. Your problem will be a leadership problem. You don't have a pipeline. So now you want to launch another location, but you never raise up a campus pastor. You want to launch another location, but you don't have a worship leader. So now you got to call everybody across the nation and every ministry hotline, pay all these fees. And I'm not against it. Thank God for it. But I'm saying that's where we find ourselves without a leadership pipeline. Number four, number four, number four. It creates a culture of development. A culture of development. You want to have a culture in your church where development, developing leaders is just a part of the DNA. And when you have a leadership pipeline, it helps create a culture of leadership development. So, so that's the reason for a pipeline. Again, all a pipeline is, I'm using people's church language, all a pipeline is, is how do you in every department in your church discover, develop, and deploy leaders so that you'll have a bench, so that you, the vision can go forward. So how do you create a development pipeline? How do, you, how do you do that? Number one is this. Sorry, I don't have a PowerPoint for you. But my voice is going to be your PowerPoint, all right? So just visually, visually follow me, okay, as you take notes. Number one, here's how you, here's how you create a development pipeline. Define pipeline levels. I'll explain that to you. Define pipeline levels. So you have to define the pipeline levels for your organization. So let me just give you an example at People's Church. Here, here, here would be pipeline levels. So we're going to start with the introductory level. So there's the potential team member. Or so we all have maybe different terminology. We call our t- ours the dream team, the Highlands language, a potential dream team member. And then there's the, for all, so the, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to define that for you in just a minute. So then there's the emerging dream team member. And then next is the dream team member. They're actually on the dream team now. And then next is the team leader. Next is the team coach. And then next is the staff member. So you actually have to define your pipeline levels in your church. And then number two is this. You have to define responsibilities. Define So at each level in the pipeline, you should have one or two sentences that just gives a broad definition of the responsibility. So an example would be this. A potential team member at People's Church is everyone who is not serving on the dream team and has not been the growth track. Potential team member. Number two, the emerging team member is you've been the growth track, but you never landed on a team. But you are a hot lead that we need to get you on the team. Number two, Defining responsibilities is the dream team or whatever you would call that, your serving team member. This is somebody who's now on the team, uh, have, has a ministry focus, people-oriented task. They're, 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 they're plugged in somewhere on the dream team. Number four is a team leader. Uh, the definition there would just be uh, somebody who's team member focused. They're, they're equipping the team members. They're, they're over a team and they're equipping their team members. And then there's the team coach. So there's a pipeline. You're trying to move to the pipeline. Potential member emerging to the dream team, to a dream team, team leader. And then number five, a team coach. And they are leaders focused. They're developing leaders. They're overseeing the team leaders. And then now you make your hires from there, the coach level. And now you have your staff members. So that's, you have to define the responsibilities. Number three is this. Define departments. You're going to build a leadership pipeline. You got to define Departments. So in every organization, in every church, there, there's departments. You have departments in your church. You have ministries in your church. List out 
all of your departments in your church. There's kids and youth and small groups and production and media. List out all the departments that you have in your church. And the goal is to create a leadership pipeline in every department. Let me say that again. The goal is to create a leadership pipeline in every department where every department is discovering, developing, and deploying leaders in a systematic way. When I say a systematic way, potential dream team, emerging team leader, dream team, team leader, team coach, now we hire from there. Number four, define roles. Define roles. So each department has various roles that fit in each level of the pipeline. And in every department, you have to list the roles you currently have. So you can take where the kids department, just what roles are that are, are, do you have in your kids department to make the ministry run? List those roles. And then you may even have roles that need to be filled or created for future growth and expansion. You have to list all of those roles and those roles will fall within the responsibilities of, in, in, in the pipeline. So you want to just make sure you list all of your roles for that department so that you can build a pipeline in that department. Here's what I want to do. I know I said all that fast. Any questions you have, we'll get to it. I know I'm flying, 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 but if you got a question, write it down. What I want to do real quick for the remainder of my time with you before I open up for questions, I want to talk to you really practically. I don't want to say in theory with you. My goal is that you would leave out of here and start applying and start discovering, developing, and deploying leaders in your church. So I want to just spend a few moments and talk to you about how to discover, develop, and deploy leaders in your church. Let's start with discover. Let's start with discover. Number one, you got to ask yourself this question. What kind of leader are you looking for? What kind of leader are you looking for? You have to clearly define the role you are looking to fill. So I always say this. If you don't know what you're looking for, it will be difficult to know when you find it. So if you don't know what you're looking for in your youth ministry, at the role, you don't know what you're looking for, you won't know when you bump into it. So you got to actually define what, what kind of leader are you looking for? And then as you, as, as you think about that, you got to have your non-negotiables. What, what are your non-negotiables? Never budge on your non-negotiables. And you have to know those and, and you have to commit to not budging because when you're feeling pressure to fill a role, one of the things leaders will do is compromise on their non-negotiables. You cannot compromise on your non-negotiables. Here's some examples of non-negotiables when you're trying to discover people. Spiritual character. You, just, you, can't, you can't budge on your spiritual character. In certain areas of ministry, background checks. You, you got to have non-negotiables. I think oftentimes us leaders, we, we ignore the warning size, signs just because we're desperate to fill a role. You didn't cuss somebody out in the parking lot, but I need you. Come on, be the head of the greeter ministry. That's not going to work out well. It's not going to work out well. Remember this, remember this, when you're trying to discover people, it's easier to develop a skill than it is to overhaul a spirit. It's easier to develop a skill than to overhaul a spirit. It's hard to teach somebody who's negative to be positive. Teach somebody who's just mean and nasty, mean-spirited to be nice. It's easier to develop a skill than to overhaul 
spirit. That's why we hear people say things like it's easier to hire than the fire. It's easier to go forwards than it is to go backwards. So you got to have your non-negotiables. Number two is this. So we just looked at what kind of leader are you looking for? You have to, as you're going to begin to discover, you have to kind of, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? Get that down. Number two, where will you find them? If you're going to discover and teach your team, your, the people that you're leading to discover, where will you find them? So let me give you some practical examples on how you discover people. If they're not already on your team, how would you discover trying to fill a role? Maybe you have some type of next steps class. So it could be for us, it's, it's growth track. But whatever class or structure that you have, what's your plan to discover leaders in that class? Do you actually have a plan? What leader from your department is going to show up in that class when you're talking about serving? And it better be a good leader. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression when you're trying to recruit somebody on your team. So what's your, what's your plan? What's your plan for that class? What, what, Sundays and Wednesdays, if you have Sundays or maybe you have Wednesday nights or first Wednesdays, or what, what's your lobby plan? It's amazing that the biggest, that when people show up at our church is Sundays and people don't have a plan to discover leaders. They're everywhere. Look around in your lobby. But there's just no plan. So what's your lobby plan? What's your conversation? What's the discussion? What's the, what, what, what are you going to talk about? How do you engage in conversation? What's going to be the next step? Where are you taking? So what's your lobby? If you're going to discover, you've got to have a lobby plan. Special events. What's your special events plan? You, you know, we all know that Easter is on its way. And it's, I just, somebody didn't realize that. I, can just, I could tell. I could tell. But now you can easily get people on a team for a weekend. But what's your, what's your plan to keep them? What's your big event plan? They're fired up. You, you got to strike while the iron's hot. They're all excited. They're stirred up. Easter and after. Now, what's, but what's your plan to, dis, to, to discover those leaders and get them on the team? So another one, where will you find them? Opportunities specific to your ministry. Let me give you a couple of examples when I say opportunities specific to your ministry. So maybe you, you work in the kids' ministry. Uh, What's your plan for connecting with parents during check-in, specific to your ministry? Maybe it's youth. You're leading youth. And maybe it's what's your plan when you're casting vision to, a, to, to the parents and a parent's kind of a service? Maybe you're together once a, uh, once a year or, or twice a year. Maybe you're talking about the youth ministry. or you're, Maybe it's promotion Sunday when you're promoting all the kids and now they're promoting to the youth ministry. What's your plan to discover parents? to get them on the team. You got to have, have a plan. Where will you find them? Work through your current team. What's your plan to work through your current team? Not for them just to show up on a Sunday or a Saturday and a Wednesday and do the ministry. What's your plan to actually work through your team to discover people in your ministry? You might be the chief recruiter, but every leader on your team is a recruiter. They have circles of influence you will never interact with. So you got to learn to work through your team that they need to have a mind shared ownership for growth of your team. You have to define with your team, there's no success without a successor. There's no success without a successor. At least quarterly, every single leader should be asking their team these two questions. At least quarterly, if not more. Who are the people you're actively recruiting to join your team? Hey, who, who, who are you recruiting? Oh, no, no, who are you recruiting? You got to ask that question. You got to develop them to do that. A second question you got to ask 
is who is ready to assume your role if we need to promote you? Who's ready to assume your role? You're not training anybody? You're not showing them what you do at that door? Oh, you got to bring somebody with you. Who are you training? And then what you have to do is when you have people that are discovering people on your team, publicly give major props. Major props. Celebrate it big. Clap. Honor them. Give major props to people who, will, who, who, who are discovering people on the team or in the church. What gets celebrated gets repeated. So celebrate, 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 celebrate. Let's go to develop. Develop, develop, develop. So we just talked just to get, whet your appetite. Someone just discovered just some nuggets there. And as we look at develop, leadership pipeline, how a church and the ministries inside the chovers develops and deploys leaders. Develop. If you don't develop leaders today, your team will not be any stronger tomorrow. I hear so many people say, even at our church, we have a few leaders that go, I'm so busy. I got too much going. I don't know. You're never going to get out of where you are if you don't start carving time out to develop leaders. So if you just keep doing the same thing and you don't change your thinking, you got to put, put a team around you. You're never going to get out of the season that you're in. So if you aren't intentionally and aggressively developed leader, leaders, you will naturally at- attract and produce doers. And what's important for you to get. So if you, if you aren't intentionally and aggressively developing leaders, you will naturally attract and produce doers. And if you're looking around you and all you have is people doing and you're not investing in leadership and leadership developing and giving away ministry and people owning, you're just going to have a bunch of doers around you. And then you could actually have more volunteers joining your team and you still feel pressure because all the weight's on you because you're not developing leaders. You're owning it all. Every problem's coming to you because you're not developing leaders. You're not developing anybody else to own it. You just got doers around you. And so you got to change that culture. And if you are not developing great leaders, not attract great leaders. Great leaders are attracted to great teams. And you attract who you are, not what you want. So if you want great leaders, you got to start leading and not just doing and empowering other people to lead. So let's look at develop a little bit. Develop, develop, develop. When is the best time to develop your leaders? Let's talk about this. Annually. I'm going to break it down for you. Annually, at People's Church, we, one of the ways we strategically do it is we do it at the start of every year. We have an event where we invite all of our staff and fly the staff in from Indianapolis, and we invite all key dream team leaders that, that, that some of them team leaders, some of them that we invite them, and we spend the night at a hotel, and I to them that night, we have dinner together. The next day, we have breakfast, and there's two more sessions, and it's just, ah! inspiration, keeping vision and the why in front of them. It's information. This is what you need to do this year to win. It's appreciation. Can't never miss a a time and opportunity to thank your team publicly and privately. So it's annually. When's the best time to develop your team? We do it annually. And then quarterly. Quarterly. Focus on celebrating the past quarter and then getting in alignment for the upcoming quarter. And one of the things that we teach our team is we have once a quarter, I get together with the executive team and all the campus pastors. We actually, we just did it last year because the Q1 was over. And so we evaluated Q1 and we celebrated the wins and nobody lost. We had some learns. 
So you don't lose around here, but you do learn. So you didn't lose, but you learn. Let's get better. Let's not repeat that next quarter. So how do you develop your team? Just quarterly, where you're having time with the team to evaluate the last quarter, talk about the upcoming quarter, and make sure that everybody is in alignment. You have inf- information again, inspiration, and appreciation. Monthly, monthly. So you got to keep relationships close and ensure you have a read on where your team is. So just monthly, there's different ways that we do that. One of the ways is I, I, I personally, as the senior pastor people, we have our all-staff chapel once a month. So yesterday I did a whole talk with our team on leading through relationships yesterday morning. Just lead it. So I'm just developing the team and we have the team there, all the staff. And then we have key dream team leaders uh, that are there, volunteer leaders that are there and just investing in them monthly. And then weekly, weekly. If I can encourage you, never miss a week or a moment to inspire, inform, coach, and appreciate your team. Just weekly. So I meet with the executive team weekly. I have some one-on-ones with them weekly. But we're just weekly. We, we just got a culture of development, a leadership culture. Number two is this. How are you developing your leaders? How are you developing your leaders? Here's some ways to develop them strategically. So think about how are you encouraging them? Your leaders need to be encouraged. You need to be encouraging them privately, publicly. It could be handwritten notes, a timely text. Come on, sometimes a shout out on social media. Way to go, you crushed it. Thank God for you. How are you encouraging them? And you have to develop them through encouragement. Nobody wants to stay on a team and all they feel is discouraged. We're just losing all the time. All I ever get is coached. All I ever hear is what I'm doing wrong. So you got, you got to keep your encouraged. And I want to encourage you as you encourage your team, develop their ability to do the following. Live above emotion. Emotion can never trump mission. You got to teach your team that. You got to develop that in their heart and their spirit. Listen, mission brought you here and emotion does not have permission to cause you to leave. Come on, you got to learn to live above emotion. I'm about to preach up in this place today, but that's not what I'm supposed to do. All right, so I'm, I'm even sitting in a chair. Come on, this is good. Teach them this as you're encouraging their hearts. Never measure internal success with earthly eyes. If you're going to keep your team encouraged, you got to teach them to live above emotion. Don't keep them encouraged. Never measure eternal success with earthly eyes. Listen, I know you don't feel it, but you're making a bigger difference than you realize. You're making a bigger impact than you realize. Keep going. You got to encourage their hearts. You got to develop this as well. Value longevity. You got to teach your team that if you're going to keep them encouraged, value longevity. Longevity is a leader's best friend. Be patient. You got to teach them that because we tend to overestimate what we can do in a month and underestimate what we can do in a year. So we got to teach. We're going to keep them encouraged. You listen, listen, you got to keep your team encouraged. Some of you are frustrated right now and you're leading your team like that. Your team does not perform best by you being a frustrated leader. You got to keep your team encouraged if you're going to leaders because you're going to leave your ministry if you don't learn to keep them encouraged. So go pray through and come back out and smile and encourage their hearts. And I've told you that twice. Why do you get it? Don't say it like that. You're going to break their spirit. People perform best with encouragement. Number two is this. 
as you're thinking about how, you, how are you going to develop your leaders, first, you got to think about how you're going to encourage them. Number two, how are you going to add value to them? How are you adding value? How are you adding value? If you're going to develop people, you got to think about how are you adding value, not just get stuff done. I'm trying to develop leaders. How are you adding value? So here's some way to people. See potential and call it out. See potential and call it out. Help them build on strengths and accommodate weaknesses. I mean, just help them see potential and call it out. Here's, here's another way, just adding value. Some people have gifts they've never, they're not even aware of. They've got gifts they're just completely unaware of. And you could be a leader in their life that begins to call those gifts out. They're not even aware that you're, you're, you're gifted at that. You're, you're talented at that. Another way to add value to people is some have never had anyone care enough to help them identify their weaknesses. There are people on your team that think they're good at everything. And they're not. And nobody's ever, you're not good at that. Let me develop you. There's some things you are good at. Add value to them. Give them tools and resources that will bless them. Books, podcasts, articles, add value to them. Number three, number three, we're we're looking at how are you developing your leaders? Number three, how are you challenging them? So we said, how are you encouraging them? How are you adding value to them? And how are you challenging them? Great leaders want to be pushed. They want to be challenged. Great leaders do not want to be stuck in being underutilized. Great leaders despise just a mediocre, mediocre environment. They, they want to advance. They want to move things forward. So you got to think about that. Constantly think of how to multiply the influence and impact of great leaders. How are you going to give them more influence? Challenge them to reproduce themselves in other leaders. You, you got you to challenge great leaders. Explain how your team needs more of what, of what they have. When you say, man, you got something. I love what you're doing. Our team needs more of that. I want you to get two more leaders and pour that into them. You, you got to challenge them to be able to develop them. Don't allow poor habits to go unchecked. So if you're trying to develop somebody, you got you to be in close enough proximity, be, have them meeting enough with them. They're out of relationship, you can challenge poor habits so they can develop. Confrontation is not a bad word if you do it with the right spirit. Confrontation is horrible with the wrong spirit. But it's a beautiful thing with the right spirit because it's life-giving and I want something for you. I want you to win. So you got to create a culture of improvement. Number three is this, or yeah, this is number, I got so many number, numbers on this, don't I, huh? <laughs> now I'm, I'm moving on to another point. That's why I said number three. This is a whole nother point. Who should you be developing in your team? I just wrapped up, how are you developing your leaders? Now I want to just ask you, who should you be developing on your team? Who should you be developing? Listen, all a leadership pipeline is, is how you discover, develop, and deploy leaders in your church. Who should you be developing on your team? Everyone. Always want to develop everyone. Help each leader to see. Help everybody's at a different place in their leadership. Help each leader to see that the most important step in their development is the next one. It's the next one. Now let me, now let me move on from that and say this. Everyone deserves to be loved, but not everyone is ready to be developed. You ought to desire to develop everyone. And everybody deserves to be loved, but not everyone is ready to be developed. So you don't want to be casting your seed on ground that is not fertile to be developed. Sometimes leaders spend time throwing all their seed on the driveway and wonder why they can't get a harvest. They don't want to be developed. So you got people that, are going to give you the best ROI on your time. 
And remember this, loud doesn't equal ready. Sometimes the loudest people are the most people that are, you are not ready, you're just loud. So what's the best ROI on your time? I want you to think this way. I want you, I want you to be able to leave out of here with some steps to help develop some people. So think about this. Some investments are wiser than others. And so you have to think about, there are some people, if you will start investing in them on a weekly basis, just give them an hour or two a week, they're going to produce 25 hours worth of results that month. What's the best ROI on your time? Get three to five high caliber, high capacity leaders around you and start pouring your heart and your head into them and ministry begins to multiply. You got to develop people. So what are the characteristics of a wise investment? Characteristics of a wise investment. So how do you know, should I be developing this person? I think I think I should, but should I? Here's how you should know. Here's how you know. Number one, they show up. You can't develop someone who never shows up. Inconsistent, if you're inconsistent, you still need to be developed. But your next step on the leadership pipeline is to start being consistent. Then we can go from there. But you can't be consistent. I can't, there's, I can't meet with you. Number two, they listen. A characteristic of a wise investment, they listen. They're not a know-it-all. They have a teachable spirit. They apply. They apply. They, excuse me. They, they listen. They learn before they apply. They learn. They learn. They learn first. So they show up. They listen. They learn. And then they apply. They actually do something with the information you give them. There are some people that you're trying to develop. You've been talking about the same thing over and they don't do anything with it. So you, they have to actually move from information to execution. Come on, how many know there are problem causers, problem dodgers, problem finders, and then there are problem solvers. I don't have time for problem causers, problem dodgers, problem finders. Thank you for finding them. But what are you going to do something about that? But you got to develop them, right? You got to develop. But if they, if, they, if, they, if they continue to do that, you got to go, man, is this the best use of my time? And then here's how you know a wise investment. They come back for more. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right, real quick, deploy, and I'm going to get to questions. Deploy, deploy. I'm going to do deploy in three minutes so we can have questions. Deploy. I would just say this about deploying leaders. You got to have an onboarding process. When you bring someone onto your serving team, whatever ministry that you're in, or you promote them to be a team leader or a coach on your team, do you have an, a, an onboarding process? I'm talking about thought out, written out, clearly defined. You have clearly defined what the values, the role, the expectations, the, the measurable wins, the communication system, how we're going to communicate, how we're going to update each other. You have the no success without a successor. I mean, do, do you have an system when you're bringing somebody on the team, you're trying to deploy them and you want to have success? Is it thought out? Is it written out? And do you have the values, the role, the expectations, the measurable wins, communication system laid out to be able to talk with them about? Here's what I would say about deploy is stay dialed into the leaders that you are deploying so you can see how they are progressing. You got to stay connected with them so that you can continue to develop them. Just because you deploy somebody doesn't mean they don't need ongoing development. They may be empowered to run that area now, but you're staying close enough to continue to develop them. So you got to meet with them consistently. I encourage you as you launch new people out and deploy them in a certain area of your ministry, do a, a week review. Do a 30-day review, and then don't be afraid to make necessary adjustments to, the, to, to their role depending on how they're responding. The next one is this. Promote leaders who are, who are excelling in their role. Deploy. So we're talking deploy. So if a dream, team is, a dream teamer is winning, and now maybe they're in an assistant team leader role, and they're crushing it, and now you can move them into a team leader role. 
Maybe you have a team leader that's crushing. I mean, they're crushing in their role. And man, one of the coaches that's over them has actually invited them to be an assistant coach underneath them while they're still doing their team leader responsibilities. And they're crushing the assistant coach role. Now you can bump them up to a coach. And then when you get ready to make your hires, the whole coach level, you have now developed them all the way to who came on the dream team. You're a team leader. You're a coach. Now we have another campus launching. We're launching another service. And I already have leaders in every ministry, ready to move the vision forward. That's the power of a leadership pipeline. Awesome. Well, I know I flew through that, but hey, let's take some questions. Pray the anointing over your life. <laughs> now, you know, if you email the, my office, uh, email Stacy at peopleschurch.tv. Great. I'll get, I'll get you the notes. Hey, I appreciate all the wisdom you gave. Question for you. It sounds like a lot of your equipping is done one-on-one in person, relationally. We're in the process right now of trying to restructure our pipeline so it includes digital equipping with relationally driven, right? And so we're trying to figure out that tension right now of our families are on the go. We, we, we try to live by the motto, we meet to celebrate, not meet to. But how does that look in your context? How do y'all manage yeah, that tension? Yeah, man, that's a great question. And here's what I would say to you. I don't think there's any way to develop a high caliber leader without you meeting with them. I'm not saying every, you, you can have digital. I think that's very effective, but I cannot develop somebody until number one, I got to see what you're doing. I got to be in close enough proximity. Otherwise I just dumped on you. And now I'm, fr- I'm frustrated and you're frustrated because I had expectations that I never got close enough to you to explain, or I had an onboarding process to say, these are my expectations. This is the time commitment. These are the measurable wins. This is what I'm expecting you to produce. You, you, you good with that? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You good with that? Now I'm going to watch you. Take what I expect. And then when I watch you, I might digitally sometimes communicate to you via text, but you're going to be hacked off if all I do is coach you digitally. Because I got to touch your heart before I can ask for your hand. You got to know how much I care about you. Because you know, good old John Maxwell, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. And so you can do some of that digitally, but I think you've got to bring the, the top three to five leaders close to you. Like if I only met with my executive team digitally, all you're going to watch this video. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, they're, they're not going to stay with me long. So I think there's a place for it. So I'm not saying it's not a place, but I, don't, I wouldn't think in terms of I'm going to remove proximity. So I think it's both and. Hope that was helpful. Uh, I'm pastoring in a college town. And so I have this tension all the time. I have like a lot of young people who are just immature, but they're really talented and they're into discern calling to ministry. And then I have older people that are usually in careers. So they, they may not feel a call to vocational ministry. So as you talk about investing your time for ROI, how should I be thinking about that? Should I be dumping more time into kind of very immature, young, potential vocational ministry folks? Or should I be leaning into some of my stronger leaders who are more mature, but I know are never going to 
I mean, some of them might, but I'm going to loop back around into like vocational ministry. Yeah, I just, I would just say, I don't think it's either or. I think, I think it's both and. I think the who is so important, you know, so I think it's, it's who you're talking about. So I think as you start looking at in the different buckets of the college and, then, and the professionals you're going, there are some who's that are standing out. And so I would just, it depends on the who, the who professional could give 25 hours a week and could lead leaders, build people. I'm like, man, 100%. And there were some young leaders. I thought, man, two or three of you have the it factor. And you could help me actually lead the rest of these. And you're going to make a lot of goofy mistakes. I'm, gonna I'm, pass I'm you. already doing that. You know, so I, I would just go both. And, I would, and the who is so critical. All right, Pastor, that was so good. Um, you, you opened up with you know, that staff member that imploded. Um, when did you... Uh, Put it in the leadership pipeline, and then how long did it take for it to, you know, to take off the culture of it, the, the all that? Yeah, I would say it's still ongoing. You know what I mean? So we're, um, but I would say I, it would take me a minute. So I'm gonna not talk a long time. I had to change culture first. So there were some things culturally that were off. My heart was not deep within the team. So I had to shift culture first and then implement pipeline next. Culture is off. It doesn't matter what you do. It'll eat vision. It'll eat pipeline. So yeah, I, I think it depends on just the health of the church. If it's the health is there, I think you can implement a pipeline. You can impl- implement a pipeline quickly. You just want to see the fruit from it. Yeah. And does that make sense? Because it just takes time to build leaders. So you won't implement a pipeline now, start making hires from it for two months later. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Um, 34-year church. Um, I've been four years in the staff, um, and the leadership pipeline has transitioned and, 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 and evolved in the years. Um, pastors still driving a lot, and, and like this is the reason why I'm here. Let's go and check. How you would recommend to implement something that will touch um, longevity staff that are in a higher position? And the pastor is pushing that change to the leadership pipeline and will touch some movement that can create some tense in, in, in staff. Um, I said, like um, ownership and how do we, how we can we fight that to make it. Um, and, and we're not a problem at all with any implementation of stuff like that. But how would you recommend to introduce the leadership pipeline when we're putting people in place that might not be more than four or five years in the, in the high staff um, or, like you said, high standard staff as now. Is there a challenge between, like, is there, like, some of your high-level staff are not interested in the leadership pipeline? And then- no, but I think the drive is not the same as, for example, a, a few of us that have been there four years and we have the drive. Let's, let's push I this. I see. And, and it's a 6,000 church yes. people. Um, so how can we implement it to to? To, don't, to keep increasing that number and, and you have people that have been there 28 years and they made it there. So how we push them, hey, let's get yeah, the drive boy, again. I, I get paid a lot of money right now if I could answer that one quick. You know, I mean, I, mean, I would make some bucks right now, wouldn't I? Um, man, that's just um, layered of a question in a sense of all the nuances and all the major players and who has the influence and... I just, it would be dicey for me to try to give an answer that I would know that would be effective. I would say, man, the best way is you just try to, you know, influence from the seat that you're in and love and try to influence and help people see the value of 
the pipeline, the difference it'll make in the church and the difference it'll make for the different ministries, the difference it'll make for future vision and just try to influence people to get to get bought in, you know. And I would just say this. I think one of the best things that you could do as well as just being new to the team is is I think people are more apt to listen when they know that you're bought in and that you lean, you're leaning into them, you know, versus, you know, you guys just don't get it. Would you get it? If y'all would just get it, you know what I mean? If you could come in and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn, I'm going to listen, I'm going to gain influence, I'm going to speak when I can't speak, and I'm going to be quiet when I need to be quiet when I'm at in it. But when you get those moments, and you can get relational equity, and then you can be able to share some of the thoughts that you have. Hi, so my question, um, we are currently at a facility and we just bought a 200,000 square feet facility. So uh, our team needs to quadruple super quickly. Uh, and we are really, really new to the leadership pipeline. We are starting to develop and starting to uh, deploy leaders, if you will. Um, but my question is, different areas, cafe, you know, I'm over guest services. So cafe, bookstore, you know, all these different areas. How important do you think it is to meet with each leader as a one-on-one from each area, as opposed to meeting with 15 leaders at the same time, explaining what you're expecting of them in their area? I feel like my head says, hey, meet with all 15 right now because you need to multiply this quickly. But my heart says, meet with each one individually because that's more relational. Yeah, you know, I think it's what you're trying to get accomplished, right? So if you're trying to get some tasks done, some training done, I think meeting with, with all 15 of them. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think it's both and then there may be some that you're really wanting to raise up as a leader. Understand your heart and your head and what you're thinking and why you're processing what you're processing. And, and so I think that's going to take some, some, some individual development because I was out of those 15, there's probably two or three that you're like, man, you can actually lead and provide care and equipping for the other leaders that are on the team, the other 15. So I think there's going to be both in that you're meeting with all 15, and then you're also having some other meetings with some of them, and you're meeting with all 15, however often that is, and you're, you know what I'm saying, and how often comes down to what you're trying to get accomplished, you know yeah. what I'm saying, and then what you're trying to develop. Yeah, thank you. Is that helpful? Yeah, I just didn't want to come off unauthentic. Why would you think you'd come across unauthentic? Just get, it wouldn't be generic because they, they, you're seeing where, where the church is going. You're getting ready to quadruple and things are happening. You're casting vision with excitement and here's where we're going. It's exciting. And I've got five things I need to train you guys on because we're going to be set up to win and see more change lives. Who wants to see more change lives? We're going to see more change lives. Let me train you some things because, man, every Sunday, somebody's first Sunday. And that's because we're going to be ready. You know what I'm saying? And they're just like, <laughs> hey, I'm just helping her. You know what I mean? To get over that fear. Like, hey, and they'll be ready. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything. Um, we, I'm, I'm currently, I'm the children's pastor at our church. Being, um, August will be two years for me. Um, never done anything like this. Whole new experience. But um, I'm currently in a position where both me and my wife are working both services at our church every single Sunday. We're working, serving in a position. Um, and I'm, I've gotten the leadership pipeline, the system down. But as far as being able to inspect what I expect, being able to recruit from the lobby, um, being able to connect with people because every Sunday we're, <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by everything that's going on, you know, um, both having to serve and make sure it's running well. So what would you, what would you suggest as far as um, starting the process um, and getting out of that position so that I can um, be able to invest in people? Yeah, I think for you and your wife both, there's probably 
you just sit down and process together, there's probably one, two, three, four people now that have leadership capacity, leadership potential. They, everything that I'm doing on Sunday, they would start coming with me. And I would be training them on what I'm doing. And every Sunday, in a month from now, I'm, not, I'm still doing 80%, but I'm not doing 100. In two months from now, I'm not doing, I'm doing now 20, 70%. Two, three months from now, I'm at 50% because I'm training them, right? And depending yeah. on your ability to train and to coach them and their ability to respond to it, you'll get yourself out of the season so that you can be now leading them and doing other things, mm-hmm. more leadership-based instead of doing. So that's what I would say. You got to get some people next to you, yeah. like tomorrow. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, can I ask just, sorry. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, in your carving out the time to develop people, um, you said that you did the annual one where you did like overnight, but then you also have quarterly and you had monthly and you had weekly. How long do you spend on the quarterly? So is that just like a couple of hours? Is that like an evening? Is it, do you, do you know what I mean? Like so yeah, the annual yeah. one obviously is a lot of investment, a lot of planning to put that together, I'm assuming. And then... Yeah, we have a whole system with it. So, okay. and so... I could give you a little bit of what we do, but it'll be come down to what your what your what what the win of that is. So we have actually quarterly goals yeah. for all of our teams, not necessarily numerically, but what are you going to get accomplished this quarter for okay. on your campus? What 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 in the you know what our campus bash? What ministry needs to move forward in what way? And so they have goals, and now we're able to come at the end of a quarter and talk about those. Okay. How how do things go? I have an executive time a summit with my executive team. That's half a day, and then it's all day with the. Uh, campus pastors but some of it is i don't get i don't hang relationally with those guys a lot so some of it's built in i i'll do dinner with them and then i'll go breakfast with them we have some relationship time and hang out and drink a latte and hang out and right they're getting facetime we're getting facetime together and then there's then there's also the the, the updates and celebrations then there's the development time what are, what are the things we learned what do we need to do better so it just depends on want to get out of it but those be some of the things that we're doing hey thanks for t- talking and teaching on this it's really good um I'm kind of curious back to the genesis of this whole pipeline for you. Um, how did you roll it out to maybe your immediate surroundings and those people who maybe gave you feedback? How long was that maybe? And like maybe some of like the top themes of people what were scared about it, the change at first or maybe the things that people were pushing back on you the hardest about. I was just curious about like the so genesis good, of man. it. Yeah, I would say um, uh, beginning with our executive team conversations. We got to get out of the, the only way. Do we continue to try to hire everybody from the outside because of, and now you got a whole challenge there. You got a, maybe a rock star that doesn't have your culture and DNA, you know? And so we started wrestling with those. And then we took it from that to go, you know what? We're going to at an annual all staff, our annual meeting that we have, we cast vision towards it. And we made it appealing and appetizing. We didn't roll out anything with it. We just said, here's where we're going. And then we started those conversations of, uh, in department meetings of what would that look like. And the pushback is some of the things you're hearing today is, man, I am busy. That's what we're hearing right now. That's because that's the pushback is I am too busy to do that. But you're going to continue. You're never going to get out of where you are. If you don't somehow change your thoughts on and say, I'm going to start putting some leaders around me and training them so I will quit doing it and I can start leading it. And then because I'm the senior pastor, I can say things like this. I don't pay y'all to do this. <laughs> so like, if you like to keep getting a paycheck, 
We're going to have to adopt that. I didn't say it quite like that, but you know what I'm saying. But kind of, kind of. So I have a quick question about the, like, how did you write this down? What, is there a format? How do you keep it updated? Who's in charge of that? All of those things. Yeah, it's, it's every ministry. So and everybody, everybody in the whole is thinking this way. So it's, it's, it's somewhat organic, you know, as far as the process roles, does that make sense? But as far as where the leaders are, you know, I could have to go ask each staff person or each key dream teamer, hey, where's the leader at that you're developing? What's, what next step are they on right now? How, does that make sense? But I think the overall structure of going, I like to have the overall structure so every department's not like, one department's like, we have team leader, coaches, semi-coaches, it's like, and everybody's using all different language. So I just like to say, man, we're going to all use this same language. Dream team, team leader, coach. I just like that uniformity. And then everybody, that's why I say then in every department, you have to come up with roles. But make those roles fall underneath our structure. For being transparent with how you realize that moment. I'm in that season where you look at the bench and you go, hmm. You know, and you, how do you, just the question, maybe extend it, how do you resist the urge to maintain the momentum you had before the bench cleared and then, and, and, and not be too zealous with people and, 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 and uh, developing them too fast or moving them through the process too fast? Cause I'm in that pipeline. I'm going, oh, I didn't have that pipeline okay, now we need to do it. And so kind of catching that spirit you started with. How do you resist that to not move too fast? Yeah, boy, boy. You know, type that you are, I can already tell. You know what I mean? That's a type A question, right? So uh, and I, 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 I'm there with you, man. I, I just, I think you just got to settle your heart that development takes time. And then number two, don't, I had to get to this place. Don't punish the people for your lack of developing them sooner. So it's not their fault they're not developed. So now for me to try to rush you, because I see it clearly now, is actually punishing you for my leadership mistake. So it just made me, but what it did for me is like, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. Like we haven't launched a campus in like three years. Three, like my team's like, I did, I, and I, let, I did that for you. I had to get things healthy, develop the pipeline, so then when we go again, we'll be able to do one a year, two a year, but it was slowing it down. So some of those things that helped me. We're a six-month-old little baby church wanting to start. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Seriously, big congratulations. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, one is now because I see. Yes. I don't want to have the, the, the bench issues down the road. And, but at the same time, we're developing a leadership pipeline. We're all developing culture with everyone because yep. they haven't all caught the heart yet. Yep. So I just want to tell you what we just started and get your thoughts. Yep. Uh, we call it Leadership 101. So they've been through Next Step. And they, I announced to everybody, hey, if you want a little bit, of more, little bit more responsibility, we have two books. We have the Billy Hornsby Attractional Church, which tells you the why, yep. find the method. And then... Um, uh, um, the war is over, which tells you who you are in Christ. Yep. All right. So if you understand those two and you write a one, a one page on what you learned on each one, um, I have a 15 minute call with each person that's going through that once a week, five minutes, whatever you want to, five minutes, what I want to talk about five minutes, what's the next step. 
and then a one-on-one after to to discuss what is the responsibility that you're going to take or what right now um what are your thoughts because i'm trying to develop culture and leadership yeah, pipeline man. at the same time um i'm i don't have a word from the lord right so, yeah but i have an opinion go ahead tell me please so it's not a word from the lord um I would not be doing it that way okay? because there's too much to get done. So I want to develop people while they're doing it. And that might be a book while you're doing this yeah. practically in the ministry for me to be able to develop you. Um, I want to do culture or uh, so I'm going to pour in culture in a systematic way. And that might be because I, I don't know that what you're doing is sustainable, having a 15 minute call. And, but I don't know where you are, right? So I'm, so I'm saying, I would just go, sure, man, sure. for me, but I, w- I want to develop people their, their character. I want to make sure I have culture in them in a systematic way with gathering them in a room and teaching them. Mm-hmm. But I also want to just practically talk ministry. Yeah. What are you doing? And that, we talk about life, we talk about, but I want, to, I want you boots on the ground mm-hmm. developing in the kids' ministry. Sure. And I can develop your character to go, you can't respond like that to people. Mm-hmm. Like what you said to them, but minute the, I'm equipping them to do the work of the ministry. Otherwise, I think they can get in theory. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not against what you're saying. I would just say, practically for me, that wouldn't be very practical, hands-on right, right, right. to move the ministry forward. So if that piece was in there, quickly, because I don't have time, two books, write a, par- write, write a page, right, right. talk to you 15 minutes, we got too much to do. Okay. Get some kids in that nursery, go over there and write that paper while you write, while you write some kids. Sure, sure, sure. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just be more, for me, it would just be, I would develop them that way. So that's what I would encourage you. Get that piece in there quickly while you're developing them. Mm-hmm. And then think systematically, how are you going to develop people when, it, when they don't have to all talk to you? Yeah. So, because one of the things that's going to happen is right now you, 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 you got people and they are a, I'm closing now, they are a, a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. And one day your pond's going to be bigger. And they're going to still have a big fish in a bigger pond, but they're not as big of a fish as they think they are. Mm-hmm. So you just that through that everybody's like, the way that I get developed is by hanging with pastor and 15-minute phone calls. And it might be, but they better be a high-caliber leader that's going to actually produce some results. Sure, sure. So, great. Thank you all.